Good morning, church. Let's stand up. Thank you for those that set your clocks. We'll sing everybody else on in. Somebody's sitting at home right now drinking a cup of coffee saying, Oh, good night. It's church time. I mean, you know that's what's happening, right? So, but uh, uh, we're going to make the best of the time that we have, all right? I'm in the way, the bright and shining way. I'm in the glory land, glory land way. Telling the world that Jesus saves today. Yes, I'm in the glory land, glory land way. I'm in the glory land, glory land way. I'm in the glory land, glory land way. Heaven is nearer and the way groweth clearer for I'm in the glory land. Today, the order of our service is a little bit different, and uh, so we will be having our scripture readers now. After with that, we're going to go straight into our communion time, and uh, I know that some of those that didn't do their clock will come late, and they'll think, oh, good night, I missed communion. They'll feel real guilty about it, because we taught them to feel guilty a long time ago. Uh, But uh, uh, we want to do some singing as well as sharing in the scriptures today, kind of wrapping up our series on strongholds. And so it'll be a little bit different order of things today. But uh, so glad you're here and so proud uh, that you've chosen to follow God. And we want to hear now from the Word of God. And he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn. Yet God feeds them, and how much more valuable you are than birds. As we head into this time of communion, if you think about that verse, our life is more than food. And yet right now, we're going to be taking the bread and taking the cup. And man, is it so much more than food. This is not for our body. This is for our soul, for our spirit. This is what we do to remember what's been given to us. The precious blood of Jesus, that body that was broken on the cross. And as a result of that, we have eternity in heaven. It just doesn't get much better than that, guys. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. We're thankful for this time and thankful for this, uh, just the blood of Jesus Christ, for the body that was broken, for the flesh that was torn. Father, we just, thank you doesn't even seem like it even covers anything. But all we can do is say thank you and pray that you listen to what's really in our hearts. Because we love you, we want to honor you, lift you up, and say thank you for that precious Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. 
Amen. In need of grace, in need of love, in need of mercy raining down from high above, in need of strength, in need of peace, in need of things that only you can give to me. Indeed, I prize the perfect land, my refuge strong, the great I am. This is my song, my humble plea. I am your Cleansed by the blood of Christ, 
that we have and the money we've been given and I want to thank you for your generosity toward this church and the ministries that go on here. We always have to continue being as rich as we are, ask ourselves, uh, do I have things or do things have me, right? And one of the great uh, blessings here is that with what's given at our contribution, so a variety, such a variety of ministry happens also want to remind us that beyond our regular giving there's opportunity to give towards some efforts that we're doing and one of those is a, is the relief for the victims of the tornado in Alabama uh, Robert Abels and, and Kyle Gilmore are there right now along with Sean uh, and Mark Robbins and so we've already started working there finding families to help making connections there and uh, uh, a couple of those guys will be back tonight to share with us even more uh, uh, like what we need to do to try to to try to help folks. It breaks my heart when I see pictures of uh, or stories like the one there of a dad who just who had a six year old in his hand and could could not hold on to him in the middle of the tornado. Uh, and that breaks my heart. And so no amount of money is going to heal the heart of that man, right? But at the same time, the compassion that Jesus always had for the brokenhearted resulted in always an outreach toward people's hearts and minds and letting them know they're not alone in their despair. So we don't give money to fix those things. But what we do do as we use money or resources, we give hope. And that's something far greater. Father, thank you for the day. Thank you, Father, for the brothers and sisters here, for the determination that they have in being generous. Help us all to grow in that area of our life. Thank you for the generosity that you've shown us at the cross, and may that grace, Father, motivate and empower us to be generous to other people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for loving me, and thank you, Lord, for blessing me. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole and saving my soul. I want to thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you, Father, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Let us all with one accord sing praises to Christ the Lord. Let us all unite in song to praise Him all day long. I want to thank you, Lord, for loving.
Just another note of, of things of ministry that's happening right here. I, was, uh, I, I try to come as often as I can, but Friday night I was here for a Subway Recovery Ministry, and I just can't tell you what the impact this is having in our community. And, and uh, we were packed out in there, 400-plus people standing in room only in the old auditorium. Uh, the singing was powerful, but more than that, just the lives that were touched and are being touched. And thank you for supporting and that being just a part of that's just integrated to who we are this is just the kind of church we are we reach out in our community to to broken folks why because we're all broken ourselves right we're all kind of all have the same need for god's grace and we uh we appreciate all of our ministries that did that was just so impactful to me friday night lindy shared with us uh, her testimony, some things about her life that was very, very encouraging and very moving. And so I just want you to, those that volunteer, tons of volunteers are working, be sure when you see them, hug their necks, tell them thank you for what they're doing for the lives of other people. At this time, we want to, uh, let's stand. We want to greet one another and dismiss our kids to Bible hour. We'll get started right back in a few more minutes. All right, let's stand and we'll do a little bit of singing here and get into our lesson. Let us worship the Father, worship the Father, worship the Father of glory. Let us worship the Father, worship the Father, worship the Father of love. And we Father of glory. 
know you could sing so good at 8.20 in the morning, did you? You're doing great. <laughs> at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. At the name of Jesus, every tongue confess. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every knee shall bow at his name. series and all this is going with our theme for the whole year about simply when Jesus said follow me and what does that mean so we're going to uh, be looking in the book of Luke chapter 12 if you want to get on the the church app you can get there and those scriptures and things in here will be be there for you Uh, if you're not I never mind seeing a good old-fashioned Bible but if it's on your phone whatever however you get the word get there to it we'll talk a little bit about this First, let's do a little bit of uh, reading. In Luke chapter 12, we're starting in verse uh, 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Then Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an uh, arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, You have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God. The first thing I want us to get out of this, out of this section of scripture is, 
is we're going to be talking the whole day about surrender in order to break strongholds. That is surrender to his word. Now, it might sound odd at the beginning, but I want you to think about something. If you still got your Bibles open, look at, just look at the very first verse of that chapter. I want to remind us of the context. Meanwhile, when, when a crowd of many thousands had gathered so that they were trampling on one another, Jesus begins to speak first to his disciples, saying, and then he starts telling them these lessons. So there's a crowd of thousands. Got it? Pretty, pretty good-sized crew. And so Jesus is speaking to them. He's going to speak. His disciples are there. There's some other folks there. And so he's going to be speaking to them. And so he goes into this, this great dialogue and this great lesson about, look, be sure you don't become like the hypocrites. Okay? Be real about yourself. And then later on in this text, he tells them, look, don't, don't have fear. Don't be afraid about those who can kill a body, you know. And, and, and uh, you, you don't need to have fear. You need to trust God. And it reminds them, don't you remember, we did this last week in the lesson, how valuable you are, that you're worth more than the sparrows. And yet God knows every one of them and every hair on your head. He reminds them of their value and their love and that they're serving God. Matter of fact, when you get in a situation, you don't even really know what to say. The Holy Spirit is going to give you what to say to people. Now, he's just given this great lesson. And then all of a sudden, there's this guy in the audience. that he's, he's, It's kind of like he's waiting for Jesus to pause so he can say something. And what does he say? Now, here's what he's waiting to do. Uh, by the way, teacher, can you tell my brother to give me... Half my hair. Give me my part of the inheritance. Now, just think about that interruption for a minute. Uh, I, uh, I remember one time we were having this great devotional with a bunch of teens. It was at camp, a place called Camp Bandina. And, I mean, we had just had a great lesson on Jesus and the cross and being, being Lord of our lives. And we were singing. You ever been in one of those services? I mean, it's just everybody is just hooked right in, especially if you're about a retreat or a camp deal. And we're singing, and we just got through singing uh, Jesus is Lord, the simple song, you know. And, man, it's just like there's a worship atmosphere. It feels like the Holy Spirit is there. Things are just ready for kids to respond. And then right in the middle of it, some kid jumps up and says, Hey, I learned a new way to sing that song. It goes like this. And I'm like, Oh, good night. You know, you just ruined the whole situation that we're in here. It's kind of like one time. Uh, I think I could tell this because they're not here anymore. And don't be guessing. Okay. Uh, but uh, I, I, I'm preaching. I'm into a lesson. And somebody comes up, up to me while I'm speaking and hands me a note. And, and on the note, it's asking me, Mike, could you, could you announce that someone left their lights on in their, out in the parking lot? I'm like, okay. I'm like, that's this guy. He's oblivious to the great words of life that Jesus is giving him. And all, and, and all of a sudden, his whole thought, is, it's not even paying attention to the words of Jesus. Jesus has given him life-saving words here. And, and he's not, he doesn't have a clue what's been said. And that's kind of the way it is sometimes. And we just forget to give our full attention to the words of Jesus. But you know what really kept this guy from giving his full attention to the word? His own will. His own desire. His own greed. 
He couldn't wait to find somebody that had authority to make his brother act right. Now, some of you got brothers, and you've looked for that avenue, right? And when you were kids, you went to your mom or your dad, and you said, make them. Or you sat in the back of the seat of the car, and you said, he's what? Touching me. Like that was the end of the world, because you just drank after him, ate his food and everything else. But, hey, he's touching me, right? He's invading my space. And so all this kind of immaturity is kind of wrapped up in this guy who misses Jesus' whole lesson that he's given to thousands of people about the value of God's love for them and his protection for them. So now Jesus is going to kind of take him like you do sometimes a kid by the chin and turn him and say, look in my eyes and listen, okay? Surrender to his word. Remember, strongholds are arguments Lies that we buy into from Satan. We've listened to his words and it's built strongholds in our life. Strongholds of shame and of guilt and of fear. And what we really need to do to break those is to surrender to his word. Father, help us to surrender to your word today. Help us, Father, to follow those ancient words that lead us to life. Help us to be committed to the word brought to us by your Holy Spirit and to be a people, Father, that are sold out for your words for they are alive and active and they are words of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Holy words long preserved for our walk in this world they resound with God's own heart. Oh, let the ancient words impart words of life, words of hope. Give us strength, help us go in this world wherever we roam. Ancient words will guide us home. Ancient words. Changing me and changing you, we have come with open hearts. Oh, let the ancient words impart holy words of our faith, handed down to this age, came to us through sacrifice. Oh, heed the faithful words of Christ. Holy words long preserved for our walk in this world. They resound with God's own heart. Oh, let the ancient words impart. Ancient words ever true.
surrendered to his word but we need to be surrendered to his warning and his wisdom both of these are found in this text look here uh, uh, what happens next in this verse uh, 15 then Jesus says to him watch out be on your guard this idea of watching out it's like let's pay attention now it's like you're getting somebody's attention you've got to really say Hey, everybody look here. No, that's what happens. See, when you pay attention, when you get somebody's attention, it's something like that, right? I don't know that Jesus hollered and whatever, but somehow he got his attention. And he says, be on your guard. This literally means that you hold something close where you can, you, you can see what all is going on right around you. Be on your guard. And then he tells them what to be on guard right? against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possession. The warning is be on your guard against all kinds of greed. The wisdom is about man's life and where real life really comes from. You see, greed exists in the hearts of the haves and the have-nots. Remember what he said? 
make my brother give me my part of the inheritance. Which, what does I tell you about the brother? He ain't wanting to give it. Now, I know this probably, you probably never heard of this happen, but, you know, I've actually, re- I've actually witnessed a time or two when someone dies and they leave an inheritance and people actually argue over the money. Can you believe people would do that? I mean, to the point to where they're nailing down surveys, they're saying, no, that fourth of an acre belongs here. And I, I mean, you would not believe some of the things as preachers that we get into when people die. I have been threatened to be sued because of funerals. Uh, you didn't do it the way that this family member wanted. You did it the way this family member wanted. They were at odds. And so, I mean, you never, I mean, you just can't believe some of the things that go on. And it's amazing the love they have for the one that passed when they're desiring what the one that passed left. Now, if they didn't have anything, I've never really seen too many arguments. Isn't that amazing? And Jesus warns this guy. Because you think about it. One of the strongholds in life, and especially, I think, in America, is greed. All kinds of it. Some are greedy because they want something given and they're not getting it. Others are greedy because they have it and they don't want to give it, right? It's to the haves and the have-nots. Everybody has this same problem. And Jesus is trying to teach him the essence of life is not in things. I asked you earlier today. Do you have things or do things have you? I think it's a legitimate question. That's what Jesus is saying. Because he understands the stronghold this is in this individual's life. Think about this, this statement. I found this statement from, uh, from my study one man made concerning greed. He says, Power, prestige, influence, and recognition are more tightly tied to possessions than we are prepared to admit. I want to read that to you again. Power, prestige, influence, and recognition are more tightly tied to possessions than we are prepared to admit. James made it very clear. The poor, the rich. You don't, you, you don't bring the rich guy down front and have a special seat for him. You don't, you don't show favoritism. It's not about because he's rich or not rich. Right? Look, everybody has the same need for God's grace. It doesn't matter whether they have an abundance of things or not. And I'm grateful that God has blessed some people with that ability. To make money and use it to multiply works in the kingdom. What a great blessing that is. Are they more valuable in the kingdom? Well, no. No, they have a whole other burden and a whole other responsibility that can be very, very heavy. But the poorest guy in here can be full of greed. So it's, it's, it's not about... Having those things is not about being rich or not being rich. I don't know that this this man standing here wanting his inheritance was rich or not. I don't know if he was been left much or not. Doesn't talk about that. 
But there is this warning that he's given. Again, he's already missed Jesus' word once because Jesus gave a warning in chapter 12, verse 1. And now he gives another warning. And I'm like, okay, I'm hoping you don't miss this one. But then he gives some wisdom with it. Life, the essence of life, just isn't found in the accumulation of things. But it's so difficult because we live in a culture that says it is. Matter of fact, our culture treats everybody who has a lot different than those who don't have. That's just the fact of our culture. It's not whether it's, it's, not whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. That's just how our culture works. It's how it works around the world. But you know what? For God's people, it's different. We understand life, the essence of life, this Zoe, this word he's used here, this full life, doesn't have anything to do with what you possess. Well, it really kind of does. It has to do with who possesses you, right? Jesus Christ. And in that, that's where you find Life. It's just not in the gathering up of stuff. Uh, it's not really a good time for me to talk about greed because I just came back from India. You know, it doesn't take but one trip somewhere like that. And then you're like, okay, Susan, clean out the closet. We've got to get rid of some stuff. We've got too much. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, because all of a sudden you, when you, you're just sober-minded enough about what the world doesn't have. But God calls us to live holy in whatever culture we're raised in, right? Regardless of, of our closets. The whole problem is, or is the direction of our hearts. We've got to make sure that is there. Because what we're offering to God is not what we have in our closets. What we offer to God is life. Really death, death to our old way of living and life in Christ because of his grace and his mercy. When we understand the greatness of the grace of God, it ought to do nothing but motivate us to offer our lives to be used in all of its mess-ups and all of its entanglements to be used for him. Let's stand, please. Lord, I offer my life to you, everything I've been through. Come on and use it for your glory. Lord, I offer my days to you, lifting my praise to you as a pleasing sacrifice. Lord, I offer you my Lord, I offer my life. Everything I've been through, come on and use it for your glory. Lord, I offer my days to you, lifting my praise to you as a pleasing sacrifice. Lord, I offer you
saying, why don't you? Well, I got one more thing to say. (laughs) Surrender to his word. Surrender to his warning and his wisdom. Surrender to his will. But God said to him, you fool. You know, when I think about all the things I would like for God to call me, this one never comes to mind. I don't ever want God saying that to me. Although I know I've been foolish so many times. But in this story, he said, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then, who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God. Being rich toward God is the key. And actually, in the original language, this word toward kind of gives you the idea of of movement, but that's not what it is. In the original, it's actually the word in or into God. It's not that you give your possessions to God. It's not about that. It's you find your richness in God. And that's things like... Hope, peace, life, redemption, salvation, mercy, grace, brotherhood, a forever family. This is, this is what it means to be rich in God. It's those kinds of things. So when we surrender to his will, which by the way, in the rest of the next part of this chapter, you know what he ends up saying? That's where he ends up saying, look. Don't don't worry about what you eat. Right after this, he tells them, don't worry about what you eat or what you drink or what you wear. God says, I got this. You just need to seek first the kingdom. It kind of makes sense now how Jesus addresses this guy's question of interruption almost. And he uses this story. And yet Jesus really ties the message before and the message after this together in one context. That says, you can trust God. He's got you. He cares for you. He loves you. See, it's surrendering to his will. That's what our problem always is, isn't it? That's what my problem is. It's getting what I want to do in harmony with what God wants me doing. That's the problem. Because I look and I see and I find some things I know God wants me to do. And yet, yet the old Mike is like, you know, I'd really rather do this. And it's just, it's just that battle of self. 
that's kind of always there and always in the way. You know what? One of the things I look forward to so much in heaven is just not having to battle old Satan and temptations anymore. I, I look forward to that so much. I look so, so forward to all of a sudden just being refreshed in my mind and heart that I get, I get to be with Jesus and the brothers and sisters and, I, and I'm not with them confessing my sins. And I'm not with them having to talk through my past and my mess-ups and my mistakes and having to get help from them on how to live life. And I, mean, I look forward to the release and the refreshment of freedom in heaven. Don't you? Because I don't know about you. I get tired of fighting it. I don't think I'm much different than anybody else. Yet, what has to happen for me to really break strongholds in my life, I've got to surrender. And that's a constant thing that happens. A surrendering to His will over mine. Seems like I remember Jesus praying something like that, right? Father, what? Your, say it with me, will be done. And that really becomes our plea. Surrender is about His Word over our will. His will over our hearts. It's about love over law. Relationships versus rules. Mercy covering mess-ups. Grace over guilt. It's about flying high like an eagle over legalistic limping. It's about joy over judgment. It's about freedom over fear. It's about breaking strongholds and building strong hearts. Can I get an amen on that? That's what it is. Strongholds are broke through surrender. And so many of you the last few weeks as we've worked through texts and talked, you've come to me and you've come to Trent and you've shared things about, oh man, this has helped me. I'm breaking this stronghold. Those are victories. Tell it to the brothers and sisters. Don't ever be selfish with God's victories. And look at the great things God's grace has done for us. You see, greed is a continual thirst for more and more of those things that never satisfy. Who can satisfy your soul? Jesus. Amen, Kurt. Jesus. Jesus. Ooh. Mm-hmm.
We're just a family to help each other. That's what our invitation's about. If you need to be baptized into Christ, reenact that death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, I can't think of a better way to end a service. That's why we ended last week. Let's keep the streak going, you know, right? If there's just something that's been burdening you, that, then that's what we're here to, to, to do, to be a family together, just to be family, Okay. So that's what our invitation, someone said, what's your invitation about? That's what it's about. We're just in life together, trying to do life together, knowing God will strengthen us, and we need each other in that. So as we sing this song, if you have a need, please uh, come and share that with us. All to Jesus. 